0: You're listening to the Sermon Cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at And Now for this week's sermon. Well, how many love the Word of God? Amen. Let's stand up one more time in regard and respect for the Word of God. Take your Bible, whatever format you have it in, if you got an old-fashioned one like this, or maybe a new-fashioned one like that, or, um, oh, that's that's just an old-fashioned one wrapped in a fancy cover. Okay. Oh, a new fancy one like that. There we go. Say, I love the Word of God. It is a lamp unto my feet. It's a guide unto my path. It's a book full of promises. Those promises are yes and amen to those who believe. I believe today that I can have what it says I can have, that I can do what it says I can do, that I am who it says I am, and I'll never, never, never be the same again because of this book. Anoint me to be a doer and not just a hearer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thanks for being here. If this is your first time with us today, just... You're amongst friends. We're glad you're here. And um, God has something very special for you. Not just in this service, but I love telling people this. It's it's basically a prophetic-type declaration. Um, uh, God was so pleased with you today when you made the decision to get up and come to church. You freshened yourself up you did whatever you needed to do to be presentable and all of that you drove through town you did all there was a lot of stuff that had to happen for you to be here today and we might look at it kind of like casually yeah I went to church heaven looks at it entirely different oh they came to my house and this is a house where when you come you always leave with more than what you came with he makes a deposit in you and one of the great things that deposits in you is out of this book. I don't know about you, but I received some wonderful deposits during the worship service this morning of just the presence and the blessing and the favor of God. And seeing friends and meeting new people and that kind of thing. So um, we're going to take the next uh, few moments. I was going to preach this as one message. I'm not. I'm going to do at least a, in a couple in a couple of um, messages. I want to talk to you about Peter's prescription for victorious living. And so I'm going to have you turn over to the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. <clears throat> this in my opinion is Peter's great treatise on on his insights and his revelations that he received over his time of following Jesus. If you remember Peter had some Peter had some rough Times in his start and following the Lord, he was one of the original twelve. Of course, he was so exuberant, so bombastic, if you will. Uh, he carried a weapon. He was armed and dangerous. You know, he actually he actually carried a sword. At one point, he used it. That's that's a little out of the ordinary. I'll just tell you right there. But he also knew the tragedy of defeat and denial and all of those things. But remember, after all of that, Jesus showed up and he finally put, put some questions to Peter. And he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, I, I love you. And I suspect that Peter was thinking, oh, the Lord's questioning whether I really love him because I denied him. But that wasn't the case at all. The Lord was actually giving him a charge to set his feet on his true destiny. If you love me, Peter, go feed my sheep. Oh, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Go feed my sheep. You know the story. He kept doing that over and over. Finally, Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, go feed my sheep. This is decades and decades later. And now the seed that Jesus planted into Peter's mind and in his spirit and his soul has taken root and it's grown up and it's borne fruit. And now Peter is the bishop of the main church. And he's one of the main teachers. And Peter was a revelation preacher, remember? Jesus said, hey, so who do men say that I am? And they all had the thing. And Peter said, you're the son of God. You're the, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And Jesus said, Peter, you didn't get that on your own. God gave that to you. The Holy Spirit showed you that. And uh, that was his greatest revelation, of course. But this first chapter in his second book is so powerful. In it, I believe, he gives a prescription for victorious Christian living. Um." Uh, and if you know much about the, and I'm not going and giving the whole background in Peter, but also Peter had a lot of the fear of man in him. He looked at other people a lot. He cared about what people thought about him. Even though when he saw Jesus, he was working, he was fishing, he pulled all his clothes off, he jumped and swam to shore. I mean, yeah, there were, Peter was just one of those kind of people. <laughs> uh, but Jesus was speaking to the disciples, prophesying. Basically, he told John, "He said, John, um, you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna taste death in this in this one particular way." And, and Peter said, "Well, what about me?" And he said, "Peter, there's gonna come a day. He said, you just need to keep your eyes on me and serve me because there's coming a day when when you're when you're gonna be carried out, and you're not gonna have anything to say about it. You're gonna be old. You're gonna be in those kind of in that situation." And uh, uh, Michael, do we have that picture? Um, this is a a reformation picture and it has the artist there but it's a depiction of Peter last moment because Peter was martyred as all the disciples were except for probably John at uh, least in the in uh, the with the best historians they, they is firmly believe that you know the disciples the apostles were martyred and um, so now Peter's old he's reached the end of the road and uh, if you think the day that we live in is any different than any other day. I'm just going to tell you what. Peter was crucified, and he, and he requested to be crucified upside down because he did not feel worthy to be crucified the same way that Jesus was crucified, primarily and basically because of his denial when Jesus went to the cross. Um, but he, he was blamed for a fire. That ravaged Jerusalem. That Nero, who was the king, who was the ruler, uh, believed and and put the blame. Where and, as, I'm not going to. This isn't a history lesson. But basically, Nero set the fire. And then he blamed the church. He blamed the Christians, and he martyred Peter for it. Uh, government persecution of believers is as old as as can be, and it's still going on today all over the world. It's not going to get into all that. But this is what set this up. And so with that, I want you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to go to the first verse. I'm going to take um, today, and I'm going to talk to you uh, uh, lesson one on Peter's prescription for victorious Christian living. Now, if you want to read some of the commentators' thoughts on the two books that Peter wrote, um, in essence, and I'll condense it, uh, most of them will ascribe this, that Peter's main message was take hope during Suffering for Jesus. Take hope when you're persecuted. And so Peter ended up. Think it not strange concerning these fiery trials. I remember that's from Peter. Uh, and that was kind of Peter's theme. But here in this first chapter of his second book, Peter, I believe, comes under the same type of anointing that he had upon the revelation. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood didn't show you that, Peter. And so he said, to those who have obtained, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of take it slow. Rather than me trying to speed preach this, I'm just going to work through it. If it takes a week or two, we'll do that. Um, He said, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. What a powerful verse. Uh, he gave us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which having been have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Remember the declaration we just made? Yeah. Exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Guys, you didn't just sign up to become a churchman. Come on, you didn't just sign up to fill a pew or a chair in a Sunday morning service every now and again. You have been brought in and been made partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, the depravity, one, one translation is, that is in the world through lust. How many are glad you've escaped that? Yeah, amen. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, Now, here's his prescription. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that is another powerful, powerful revelation. Verse nine: For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from all his old sins. One translation uses the word "purge." The Old King James: says "You were purged from all those." You were. Uh, it literally means you were power-washed from all your old sins. How many are glad for that? <laughs> it wasn't soap; it was the blood that washed you and cleansed you. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Wait a second. What are you saying? If you do these things, you will never stumble. Wow. Mark that in your Bible. Somebody needs that for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ didn't i didn't i tell you this was good for this reason i will not be negligent to remind you all these of these things though you know here peter's peter's writing and you can tell he's an old man I'm not going to be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it right. As long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, listen, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Remember the conversation about John? Peter didn't understand it then, but he understood it now. Prophecies like that a lot, by the way. A lot of times when you first get it, you don't understand it. But just wait long enough. Give it a decade. Not always that long. But give it some time and see what happens. The understanding comes. Moreover, I'll be careful to ensure, you, uh, ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father uh, honor and glory when such a voice, he's talking about the transfiguration now, when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And when we heard this voice which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. I don't remember what Peter then wanted to do at that time. Everybody else was like, man, oh man, look at heaven open. Peter said, let's just build three tabernacles right here, right now. We're just going to pitch our tent. This is going to be church. This is gonna be. Don't you love Peter? <laughs> I love the guy. And so we have this prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So a couple things I want to just do by uh, solidifying and introducing just, I mean, this. there's just a lot of incredible truths here that we read very quickly through. Way back over in verse 1. Peter established something. He said, "He said, I'm writing this to those who have obtained like precious faith. How many have obtained that like precious faith? Yeah, you're a believer. I obtained it. Let me ask you a question. What's the value of your faith? You need to you need to have an internal conversation. And it's not condemnation. It's not uh, anything like, oh, man, no. But you need... Because Peter was very sure at the value and the price of his faith and of ours. He said to those who have obtained the same type, it, 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 it those who have received the faith of the same value. To Peter, faith wasn't a concept. Faith wasn't a doctrine that's in a bulletin or on a page on a website somewhere. Oh, this is what we believe. On. No, faith to Peter was tangible. And it was valuable. And it was, uh, and, and he, and he described it like this. To those who have obtained the same type of faith I've uh, received, this, it is precious faith. You see, Peter knew what it cost for him to be in the faith. Because he was there, he talks about, it. we saw him, I was there, I was there when he was transfigured. I was there when he was crucified. I was there going through this and and so um, being the main bishop of the Church of Jerusalem, this is one of his his main uh, ideas throughout his ministry was continually bringing people that uh, faith is not just something that you know about, but faith is something that you Uh, hold on to and use like you do currency. Every day, every one of you uses money somewhere, some way. It's been a long time since I've had cash. (laughs) No, it's not because Susan. Well, it might be because, I don't know. But, you know, You know, you know, I hate to say it, I'm one of those, you know, I just have a card for everything. Um, But uh, that's good because at the end of the month, she takes care. At the end of the month, she sees everything and and she says, you know what? There isn't a day that you miss spending something on something. (laughs) That's true. Maybe you got through one day with that. But I'm going to tell you. And so what he's talking about, that's what Peter's talking about here. Like precious faith. I use it every day. I spend... I, I traffic in faith. I negotiate in faith. I live in faith. My life is consumed by faith. That is the life of a believer. And so Peter's going on, and he's getting ready to start telling them, this is, this is what I'm going to tell you. I'm almost at the end. I'm reminding you now, and I'm putting some things down that when I'm gone, which is not going to be very long from now, you're going to be called in to remember. This is like his last, his last message kind of thing. It's powerful, and he's talking about here, starting it out. How much is your faith worth to you? It's worth everything. Would you die for it? I'm quite sure in this room, the majority would be, you'd die for it. If you'll die for it, will you live with it? (laughs) Sometimes that's almost, I won't say harder and devalue life and that kind of thing. But uh, I'm just, uh, what am I saying? I'm just saying, what what value is your faith? And it's worth everything. It's everything in my, it changed. It made old things pass away and all things become new. Uh, we're uh, Down in verse 4, he brings something else in. And so he, he talks about, I, I, I don't have time to go through all of it, but I love the part about the divine power has given to us all things to pertain to life and godliness. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. How many would like some grace and peace multiplied to you? Yeah. I need more of it, Lord. When it comes to grace and peace, be greedy. (laughs) Don't be stingy. Don't be just false humble. I'm going to let somebody else have mine. Say, no, I want that. And by the way, I want some more of that. Grace and peace. Let it be multiplied to you. You know, it's going to take more of that in your life today than it did last year at this time. That's why it has to be multiplied to you over and over again. And I'm going somewhere in this, getting down because he's talking about this life, uh, this miraculous life, this divine divine power. So what I've been doing the couple months that I've been here just uh, coming is, if if you've been keeping track, my main theme has been the supernatural reality of living a Christian life. That's been my main theme. And, and. and I've been just wanting to lay those tracks, that we, we, we are not a fraternity, we're not a club, we're not just a membership, we're not a, um, you know, a, a nice place. And all. No, this is a supernatural endeavor that we're all a part of. And so down in verse 4, he says, By which, because of all that, who called us by glory and virtue, by which having been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And that we're partakers of those of the divine nature. Here's where I'm going, this last sentence. Having escaped the corruption, the depravity that is in this world through lust. Call this the great escape. I want you to, I'm going to ask Michael to pull up 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. The emergency exits in the kingdom are never locked. <laughs> 1 Corinthians ten 13. I'm sure most of you know it. As we read it, you will. Remember it. No temptation has ever taken you except such as is as is common to man. So when the devil lies to you and says that you're something, you're dealing with something that nobody's ever had to deal with before. No, you're not. This is the part that I love because God is faithful. Oh, mark that in your Bible too. That little, between the semicolon and the and the colon. But God is faithful. That's a good one to put on your refrigerator door. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Um, the emergency. So, here's the thing about victorious living. The devil loves to bring temptation upon god's people that's what he does he's he's the one who comes to kill steal and destroy and so when he brings you up under temptation there's a couple of lies that he always perpetrates that is number one that somehow this is more than you're going to be able to bear number two nobody really nobody can understand you because nobody really knows what you're going through both of those are lies and number three, that somehow you just, you know, it just, this whole God thing just doesn't work for you in this. That's a lie as well. Because God himself is the one who makes the way of escape. All he asks us to do is to turn, use that faith that we just spoke about, activate it, use it. God, and here's, this is another. It's one of those, it, it's taken me almost 50 years of study to get this figured out. This is so deep. You're, it, I don't even know if your brain's going to be able to comprehend this, but I'm going to give it a shot. This is the most powerful prayer. It's really, it's long, it's complicated. You might even have to write it down. But when you're in that spot, help! That's it. (laughs) Now my wife will talk to me about that later. Did you really have to? And uh, no, it's just, it comes down, that's it. That that crying out for help, it, it literally is activating faith faith that is being activated to do that. (laughs) So, there are seven things that Peter lines out, if you've been keeping track, and I don't expect you to, but I love the lists of the Bible. I look for all the lists in the Bible, and then I like to preach on them. So, well, how many are there? There's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I've been just using the New Testament list there's a whole bunch of them in the old there's a whole bunch of them in Psalms and Proverbs anyway all that uh, but I'm back on one of my lists and and, I, and I'm not going to get through all of these I'll do several and then we'll jump to the end and then next week we'll use a different type ending but uh, I call this the spiritual chem, Peter's spiritual chemistry set and it's verses 5 through 8 Peter's prescription for victorious life and So he gave that great introduction in those first four verses that we've taken our time and talked about. And then in verse 5, he connects the next portion of this chapter to what he just spoke about. Because he said, but also for this very reason. For what very reason? That we're partakers of the divine nature for what very reason? That we've been given and received exceedingly great and precious promises. For what very reason? Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. These are the reasons. And he said, but also for this reason. He, and what he's saying is if you guys want to really live in the realm that I was just telling you about, in 2, 3, and 4, he said, here's, here's the set. Here's the, here's the um, prescription. Here's the mixture. And what I've What I've been ministered to so greatly uh, through this and and going through it is that it's so very easy to take one thing or just a couple of things uh, from the scriptures or from uh, what just kind of plucks the string of your heart, and that's where you camp out on. How many have ever heard the faith movement? Well, what do they camp out? They camp out on faith. It's a great thing to camp out on. But faith is great. But there's more in there than just faith or the healing movement or the praise movement. And you can, no, you need it all. And that's where he's going. But for this very reason, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, what giving all diligence, that means giving it everything you've got. That's what he's talking about. This isn't just a supernatural chill that's going to go up your spine. It's going to say, oh man, now I've got it all and that's it. No, you're going to, this is your part. For this reason, you want the other. This is what you're going to, you're going to have to give everything you got in this. It's going to take all diligence. And then he said, it's going to take all diligence to do, to do this. So you got your faith, that precious, that valuable, that great thing. He said, okay, that's wonderful. I love it that you got faith. He said, add virtue to it. Now, you got the faith. You live by it. Add virtue to it. Virtue um, or oh, faith, that, that, per, that persuasion, that conviction of the truth that results in trust. That's the first part of faith. We kind of gave some of that. I'm jumping on to the next one, uh, Michael. Virtue. Excellence is what it means. An essential quality in the exercise of faith. Really, as you go in, you, faith and virtue, if, they're, if either of them are going to be maximizing their potential, they need each other. How many ever, how many got a chemistry set when you were a kid? Oh, that's, well, okay, the, yeah. Uh, that was more of our generation, and you still got your fingers and your eyebrows and your nose and all that, you had it. Yeah, because the first thing, at least what a boy wants to do with chemistry set was find a way to make something blow up. I mean, I can testify. That's what we were looking to do, and uh, <laughs> I to go into the stories, but uh, uh this is this is this supernatural chemistry set. And so it works. You take one thing and then you mix something else to it. And it changes. And sometimes it becomes more powerful. And then you mix something else to that. And it's like, whoa, now it's really... And you keep adding and adding and adding. That's what this whole supernatural life or victorious living, his prescription is about. Take faith. Now add some virtue to it. Take and bring some excellence in. And I'm not talking about, you know, whether you... Or a neat person or a messy person. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? (laughs) Uh, Virtue is something where you're determined to be all you can be for what God wants you to be for Him. Now David said, I was glad to just be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. It's not like, oh, man, I want to be the great, I want to be the Peter or the leader and all of that. If that's what the Lord has called you to, that's great. But whatever the Lord has called you to, whatever it is, you find it, and that's you give everything. That's what he's talking about, virtue. Yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of give this Christianity thing a try, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, no, that's not virtue. Uh, The third one, we're going to begin to wrap up on this. He said, you take, you bring uh, faith and virtue to it, and to virtue knowledge. <clears throat> this arena of knowledge, I I just want to take the last few minutes and, and talk about this because sometimes uh, this is relegated more to people who have just come to Jesus. And when he's talking about knowledge, he's not talking about just a conglomeration of information. He's actually talking about this thing within inside you that, that You have something in you that you want to know more. That's the seeking to know or the investigation. That's what he's really talking about here. He's not talking about the knowledge that's in a library or that's on your phone now and all that kind of thing. What he's talking about, when you add faith, you add virtue to your faith, now I want you to add knowledge. It's not just about memorizing Scripture. What he's really talking about, he said, I want you to add to your faith and to your excellence this whole thing that you you, you want to seek And investigate everything that God has for you. I can tell you right now, there are realms of heaven and of God and of the scriptures and of the way of faith and of life that you have not yet explored. I don't care who you are, how long you've been on it, how virtuous you might be, how much you have prayed, how much you've fasted, how much. There are areas that have never been touched yet by you. It's that part that Peter was saying, I want you to keep. That in the mix of your life, I want to know. I want to know more of His presence. I want to know more of His love. I want to know more of His power. I want to know more of His word. I want to know more about worship God. I want to know more about the power of invitation. I want to know more about the power of yes. All of these things that we can kind of lop up into uh, you know sections and kind of emphasize on them. It's just in this desire to say, God, I want to investigate. Here's the, um, I remember this so many years ago, and and many of you, I, I will tell you, it was uh, Pastor John Mall. Uh, many of you in this church, you remember him, you love him, he ministered to your life, he was my, one of my fathers in the in the faith, and I remember, I was 23 years old, they gave me a church in Portland, Oregon, and uh, they said, Gary, it's not because you know anything, or because you're a great preacher, we gave you this church because we know you couldn't hurt it, and uh, that was what he told me, and, uh, <laughs> Mike and Teresa actually came in once with their worship ministry team with the family and they sang and it was it was glorious days and all of that, but that's how it all started. But I remember Pastor Maul telling me <clears throat> he said Let the big guys experiment and you stick with the with the basic tried and true. And I remember that. But then there was an addendum to it. He said, never get satisfied with where you're at. Because he knew that's what would cause me to want to maybe do things and experiment, let the big guys do that stuff. Uh, uh, But it's the tension, it's the balance. You You need to stay tried and true to the Word of God. But I'll tell you, there are depths in this thing that you've not yet got to yet. And you don't have to get spooky and weird to get into them. All you gotta do is just let the word just take it and meditate upon it and study it and delve in a little deeper and watch what will what will come up in your spirit. I want us to stand this morning. If you're here today. <clears throat> Over in verse 19, this is how we're going to wrap this one up because Peter goes through this whole thing. We'll finish up the list next week. But this is the impact. This is the result of what Peter's talking about. And so, because of these things, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you'll do well to heed as a light that shines in the darkness till the day comes. Uh, And he's talking about this, this more sure word of prophecy. It literally means a light that shines on the inside. So we have this prophetic word. We have this light that shines on the inside that will be do good to heed. The Holy Spirit is going to is taking some of you further in your journey of faith than you've ever been. Say yes. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is literally taking some of you by the strings of your heart, and he's kind of tugging come on, don't be afraid I got you come on a little deeper, a little higher, a little more in, is that speaking to anybody, anybody kind of experienced say yes to that it's him, you don't need to fear it he's just taking you in a little further he's taking you into it because he's got some more victorious living for you to do but if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus you need to take the first step, that's why you're here If you're here today and you've walked and you're kind of out there walking on your own, you need to step back in. And I'm going to pray a short prayer in just a moment. We'll dismiss the service, and I'm going to be hanging around down here. If you want to come down, I'd love to talk to you and I'll pray with you. Darcy's going to be here, and I'm going to ask you to come, Darcy. Take your spot right down here. Uh, Remember the testimonies from earlier, the divine interview. If you want prayer in that area, Darcy will pray for you. If you need prayer for any other thing, my wife will pray with you. We've got some other pastors and leaders that will pray with you. Some of you are being tugged on by the Holy Spirit to go into the realm of, 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 of the prophetic realm and, and praying in tongues realm and all that kind of stuff. That's God doing it. It's not just about teaching some principle. The Holy Spirit's drawing. I know that's happening in this church right now. So shut your eyes and let me pray. Father, I pray a release of blessing over the people. That God, that your word will go deep and it will accomplish what you sent it to do lord i know that your spirit is drawing us we're in a day that is perilous just like day peter's day was and we need to be walking like peter walked with that precious faith it's the most valuable thing we have god strengthen your people today lord i pray in particular for those that are being tugged upon in their hearts and in their minds by the spirit of heaven and that lord you're saying i want you to take a step in closer (laughs) Uh, you're saying, I, I, "I, want. do you love me? I want you to come just a little bit closer. Lord, I release that upon this church. I release it upon my own life. And, Lord, we pray that uh, as we draw near to you, uh, in the book of James, it says that you would draw near to us. So, Lord, I release this people to your blessing. Lord that they would be blessed and they're going out and they're coming in. Lord that they would be the head and not the tail, they'd be above and not beneath. That Lord they'd be the lender and not the borrower. That God they would walk in victory this week and every time the enemy tries to knock them down, uh, it would bounce back and they would see a victorious deliverance for the for the spirit of the Lord is working in them. So God, we commit this people to you. And everybody that loved the Lord said amen and amen. You've been wonderful today. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And um, fill out one of those cards if it's